Welcome to Declassified Live, the best live streaming show on the internet, as voted by, well, me and you. We, I think we are the best live streaming show on the web. All right, we're going to have a really, really, you know, I already like how this show is starting off today. John Space already has what looks like a scotch on the rocks or a bourbon on the rocks for me. That is awesome. That is absolutely, absolutely awesome. I love this. I love starting the show with uh, somebody who's got a bourbon on the rocks for me. How can you beat that? Well, big day, big, big day yesterday here in the United States, because I know we have a lot of international people uh, tuning in every day. President Trump picks Brett Kavanaugh from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, nominates him to fill the seat of Justice Anthony Kennedy, who retired on the United States Supreme Court. This is big. This is big, and it has the left absolutely hysterical. Hysterical. Hello, say my name, cat of the year. Thanks for watching. I bet you are the cat of the year. Bet you are. Native Indian says, good morning, brothers and sisters in Canada. Peace and love from the south of you. Yeah, good morning to the world. We had yesterday, we had Australia, New Zealand, the UK, France, Canada, the United States. We had one other. I can't remember where. But, uh, I know we had a pretty good international audience and we had South Africa last week as well. So Kavanaugh's nominated to the Supreme Court has liberals absolutely hysterical. And this is pretty priceless because Kavanaugh was about the most moderate. The Trump had that list, if you remember, uh, from the Federalist Society. Heritage Foundation also uh, chimed in on that early on. This goes back to the 2016 campaign. And the list was the brainchild of White House counsel Don McGahn. He was then Senior counsel to the Trump campaign. Now, I haven't always been a Don McGahn fan, but I think on this one, he knocked it out of the park with uh, proposing this list because there were a lot of people who were concerned about Donald Trump's conservative bona fides and whether or not he would have appointed true conservatives to the Supreme Court. Well, to put that to bed, to alleviate those concerns, McGahn and Trump came up with a strategy whereby the Federalist Society, Heritage, and other conservatives, people like Senator Michael Lee from Utah, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, would all be able to chime in and give their input on who should be on the list of those Trump would nominate to the Supreme Court should there be a vacancy. Well, Trump had two vacancies. Of course, the tragic uh, vacancy when Antonin Scalia died, a legal conservative legal giant, and now Anthony Kennedy retiring uh, just as a matter of course, an older guy. It was just, he'd been on the court decades, just time to go. It appears Trump appointed Two very conservative people. Now, Gorsuch, Gorsuch is, has been called Scalia 2.0. People like Hugh Hewitt are calling um, uh, Kavanaugh Roberts 2.0. Now, that concerns me. Kavanaugh does seem like the most moderate of the bunch. However, Dr. Slappy says, good morning, John and company. Good morning. John Zeeland, good morning. And uh, Kavanaugh seems like the most moderate strategies and communications for Donald Trump Jr. And he's a good buddy of mine. And uh, he put out a tweet this morning. That I thought was outstanding. Let me find it and I will uh, read it to you. See if I can find it. But uh, he really was. Um, he said, Kavanaugh's Gorsuch part two. A great SCOTUS pick. He's an originalist and a textualist. He's a super superstar on deconstructing the administrative state. And I hate to break it to Democrats and their friends in the media. No matter what you do, he will be our next Supreme Court justice. That from Andy Sarabian, who left the White House political shop only about a year or so ago. So uh, he, this is what he did for a living. He studied these people. He worked on these issues. 
Now, the, uh, the, the pick of Kavanaugh has conservatives well excited. They know they're getting somebody that'll protect the Second Amendment. They know they're getting somebody that will uh, protect the sanctity of life. He's going to be an ardent supporter of religious liberty if his prior decisions are indicative of his future decisions. He's been a pretty conservative guy. The concerns to many are that he clerked for Kennedy. Kennedy was appointed by Ronald Reagan as a conservative, but really became a centrist judge, became the, the uh, well, the dependable swing vote on the court. I know many conservatives were a little bit concerned when last night, if you didn't watch the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh last night, when Trump announced him, really not the nomination, but if you didn't watch the press conference, the event, I, uh, you should watch it because Trump is a master showman, better than P.T. Barnum. He built the suspense and built the suspense and built the suspense. And about five minutes before the 9 p.m. Eastern announcement last night, we pretty much knew it was Kavanaugh. His parents were in the audience, whereas the families of none of the others that were mentioned were. Uh, the Associated Press began to report, report Kavanaugh. NBC Nightly News said they've got somebody inside the White House. It's Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's in the White House. Many, many people out there who, who were hooked in the know in D.C. were saying they saw Kavanaugh go in and his parents were there and the same stuff. So we knew about five, ten minutes before that it was definitively Kavanaugh. But Trump still kept the suspense going. And then Kavanaugh and his family kind of popped out a side door. I don't even know where they came from. But... Um, in Kavanaugh's remarks, he seemed tepid, he seemed moderate. Now, many on the right took that uh, as a matter of concern. He especially uh, thanked Elena Kagan, a far left member of the Supreme Court, because she was the dean who hired him at Harvard University. I read it differently. I read it much differently. Kavanaugh's a guy with a young family. He's 53 years old, very young in, in judicial terms. His wife appears to be his age, a couple of years younger. Uh, he's got two young daughters. They're little kids, his girls. He wants to be confirmed. He wants to present himself as confirmable. Look, he's got 12 years on the DC, 11 or 12 years on the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. He has a lot the Democrats can use against him. He, uh, he wrote, he authored something like, I think the president said last night, 300 opinions while sitting on that bench. And so the Democrats now have a lot of ammunition against him. That was, a, but to me, that's a plus. Somebody who has a long judicial track record has a plus. And wow, E. Bronder just, just logged in from Holland. So we've got Holland today. We've got Canada. We've got Holland. Our friends from Australia, New Zealand, I'm sure are going to pop on soon enough. We had France, the UK yesterday. I'm sure we'll have those as well. But back to the judge. So authoring 300 opinions means you've got a long history. You can bet your bottom dollar that the Democrats are going to pour through their staffers. Last night, about 11 seconds after Kavanaugh was nominated, their staffers, Democrat staffers, went to work. They went to work trying to find something wrong with him, something to knock him out. The Democrats will be spending millions on negative ads. They'll be spending millions, uh, some of those millions, on private investigators digging into every aspect of his life. Now. The FBI, I'm sure, has already done that on behalf of the Trump administration. U.S. Marshals have helped. They provide security. They were providing security yesterday to the four finalists. And uh, the, the vetting process has been going on for quite a while. So it's highly doubtful the Democrats are going to find anything. Plus, Kavanaugh uh, appears to have lived a pretty simple and very clean life. 
He and his wife went on their first date, he said, September 10th, 2001. They both worked in the White House the next morning after their first date, experienced, of course, the 9-11 attacks. Uh, he coaches basketball for his two young daughters. How long? CYO basketball, Catholic youth organization. I played in those games as a kid in Catholic school. How, uh, how uh, long until the Democrats start falling on the uh, uh, CYO to eliminate him as a coach? Cat of the Year is from Australia. Great to have you. Great to have you. What time is it in Australia, Cat? I always get confused with that whole thing. Oh, our old friend Tammy Putinsk. Tammy, do I say your name right? Putinsk Zandel. Hi, Tammy. Frank Pizzicala. Good morning, Frank. But um, how long until the attacks on Kavanaugh start? How long until liberal parents in CYO basketball start pulling their kids out? Because it, it, it's 9.38 in Australia p.m. Thank you very much. It's, um, it, it, we've gotten to a point where someone isn't allowed to have political views. <clears throat> if they have political views, they have to be attacked personally. Enoch, greetings again from the sunny Golan Heights. I love it. I love the internationalism of our audience. It's awesome. And so we, we've got this guy who appears by all rights and accounts to be a really good guy. Let's put his legal opinions aside for a moment. You've got a guy who is a, uh, a dad, a husband, a, by all accounts, a really good one. You, you've got a guy who is um, <clears throat> 9.08 p.m. I'm sorry. Frank is from Canada. Hey, Frank. My, and all my friends in Canada, good morning. You've got a guy who, by all rights and accounts, is a coach. He mentors kids. He feeds the homeless. But that's not enough for the left. No, the left has to viciously attack this guy and watch what's coming. Now, the New York Post editorial board really liked the pick. And they said, Brett Kavanaugh is an excellent pick for the Supreme Court. I thought they did a great job. So I'm going to read you some of the excerpts. They start by saying something that's very true. Donald Trump is once again keeping his campaign promises. He floated names on a list as to who he would pick for the Supreme Court. He's so far picked two names off that list. Gorsuch and now, of course, Kavanaugh. Post writes, Judge Kavanaugh, 53, is widely seen as one of the top legal minds of his generation, so much so that now Justice Elena Kagan recruited him to teach at Harvard Law, where students across the spectrum rave about him. Though firmly committed to interpreting the Constitution as written, he's no ideologue, which is why Senator Ted Cruz and other hard rightists had been urging Trump to pick someone else. But now, Democrats will proceed with their preset strategy for fighting any Trump picks charging that confirmation of Kavanaugh, they mean, <clears throat> guarantees the end of Roe v. Wade and Obamacare. Well, as it should. As it should. Sammy says, I watched President Trump's announcement last night and it looks like a very normal family, the Kavanaugh family. Yeah, it does. I mean, they do. They're, these are just regular people. <clears throat> Anthony Emmerich says he's a devoted constitutionalist, right? People I trust say yes. They say, they say, Anthony, it's a great question. They say, despite his appearing to be conciliatory and moderate, that's just his temperament. He's a nice guy. He's a mild guy. But they said he is an obstructionist. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a constructionist and a textualist. He's a constitutionalist. He interprets the words as written, much like Scalia, much like Clarence Thomas, much like Alito. And so, uh, and Hills of VA says 53, he'll be there a lifetime. Look, yeah, I mean, he could, he could conceivably have 35 to 40 years on the court. Medical science is getting better. He looks like he's a guy in good shape. He plays basketball with his kids. I, I think we've got him for at least 30 years. 
Got him for at least 30 years. And so I, uh, I feel pretty comfortable that he'll shake out to be a good judge. Hills of VA says he a rhino. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I've been now. Now, granted, the man wrote 300 opinions. I was doing a lot of research last night insofar as I could. I got to be up early to get the show ready for you guys. But I'm comfortable with what I see so far. Now, the left is losing their mind. And the only way Trump could make the left lose their minds even more is if he renames the Department of Defense the War Department and forget about it. Well, Tammy even just mentioned it when he, when he replaces Ruth Bader Ginsburg because I believe that's going to happen. She's 85 years old. The woman's been on the bench a long time. It's just maybe she wants to relax. She seems to be in pretty good shape. She falls asleep a lot on the bench and in uh, congressional and State of the Union speeches. But for an 85-year-old, she appears to be really sharp and in good shape. But don't you just want to retire and take a breather and go relax at 85? And so uh, I think um, it, that, that's what's going to throw the left over the edge. Now, a couple of things happened last night that are very unsettling. Outlets like ABC News were calling the pick controversial before they knew who Trump picked. They were doing that about an hour and a half before. Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat, said he was going to vote against the nominee before he knew who the nominee was. Very troubling when you have the Democratic Party more interested in politics than in what's good for the country. Shannon Bream from Fox News, after the announcement, was going to do a live shot from the steps of the Supreme Court where people had gathered. She was going to talk to the crowd and do a live event. However, when she got there, she said the mood was so volatile. The aggressive leftist protesters were so volatile, she had to cancel. She had to cancel. Let me see if I can find uh, Shannon's tweets from last night without getting too sidetracked here. Because I, I, I found that to be, yeah, she said, uh, she said the Democratic activist became so volatile after Trump's nomination, she had to cancel a live shot. And then she said she had to go back to, in a subsequent tweet, she had to go back to the safety of her studio. And it was the same mobs of leftist protesters, illegal, illegal immigration activists. Same story, same crazies. Same stories, same crazy. And Anthony Emmerich says, those, for those willing to sacrifice freedom, security, deserve neither one. Ben Franklin, the actual quote was closer to those who are willing to sacrifice uh, essential liberty for a bit of temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. There are a couple of iterations. The gist of it, though, is if you're going to tell government, protect me, don't cry foul when government takes away your rights. Don't cry foul. Now, the, uh, the, the left, like I said, we knew they were going to be unhinged. We knew that. We knew that. But it's a sad day when you've got sitting Democratic senators who are losing their minds before, before they even know who they're voting against. Now, you can thank Harry Reid, the former Democratic majority leader in the U.S. Senate, for Kavanaugh's confirmation. And I say that to Democrats. Harry Reid is the one who went nuclear with confirmations. That was all him. It wasn't Republicans who did that, right? It was Democrats who did that when they wanted to ram through Democrat appointees for Barack Obama. Don't cry foul now. Kavanaugh's going to be approved. He's going to be confirmed. That's, there's nothing, nothing that's going to stop that. We have the majority. Even John McCain, who's on his deathbed at this point, even John McCain is calling him an impeccable choice, impeccable credentials. Look, you can't argue with the guy's background. Yale College, Yale Law School, 
teaches at Harvard, Yale, and I think it was Princeton law schools or another, it could be Princeton or Stanford, I forget. The guy has impeccable, impeccable credentials. You can't attack him on that. But what are the Democrats doing? Well, they're parading out the furthest left faction of the party. Now, on my uh, former show, Off the Cuff Declassified here on The Rebel, I had a guy on, Christopher Reed. Chris is an attorney down in Birmingham, Alabama, who worked for Heritage. Chris was a guy who worked on these lists early on in the Trump campaign. He was one of the people who was tasked with doing the research on the judges to put on the list. And Chris told me several weeks ago that it was going to be Kavanaugh. Well, last night I spoke to Chris, and he has very, very well-placed sources in uh, Democratic Senator Doug Jones's office down in Alabama. And Chris told me that Doug Jones is going to vote for Kavanaugh. Chris also had information that said that Joe Manchin <clears throat> was going to vote to confirm Kavanaugh. The more moderate Democrats, the ones from red states like Alabama and West Virginia now is a red state, they're going to break ranks with Chuck Schumer and the crazies in the party, and they're going to vote to confirm Kavanaugh because they know if they don't, they're very religious. They're evangelical voters in West Virginia and in Alabama will rebel against them. They'll rebel against them. It was very interesting as we have an overwhelmingly Catholic Supreme Court now. You've got Kavanaugh, Sotomayor, um, Alito. Uh, there was a list put out this morning. I'm going to try to find that list. It was very, very interesting. And uh, I want to find that for you. I believe it was Ryan Saavedra over at the Daily Caller who put out a list of who was, let me find it. It was very, very interesting. <clears throat> um, and uh, it, it listed all of the Catholic justices. But uh, I'll dig it up. I'll find it. I don't want to waste too much time uh, scrolling Twitter. Uh, could have been Ryan. It could have been Josh Kaplan over at Breitbart. I, I read uh, both of them pretty often. And uh, the court is now overwhelmingly Catholic. And, and I think that means very good things for religious liberties. Now, the liberal factions, the Sotomayors, the Kagans, and the Ginsburgs, they're going to, the Briars, they're always going to vote on along liberal political lines. They're not going to vote. Uh, they're not going to cast their votes, their decisions in line with the Constitution. Now, Anthony Emmerich says, this is an interesting point. I will admit that I felt it was wrong to stall on Obama's pick. Not that I wanted him to choose, so I still feel it is wrong that the Dems are trying to do the same thing now. But it wasn't. Obama was a lame duck president. Historically, lame duck presidents don't get to nominate far leftists in their last few months in office. It was the absolutely appropriate thing for the Senate to do. This is different. This is the first year and a half of Trump's first term. Democrats should not be stalling the way the right didn't stall on Kagan and Sotomayor. They simply didn't. And, and you have to look at this in that context, not in the context of Merrick Garland. Now, interestingly, I believe, I believe that Merrick Garland, I had an item here, is uh, Kavanaugh's boss over at the... Uh, over at the uh, D.C. Circuit, over in the D.C. Circuit. So Senator Susan Collins is, is also one of the Republicans we've got to be careful of. We've got to be really careful of because Senator Susan Collins, um, <clears throat> Senator Susan Collins is one of those Republicans that might as well have a D behind her name. She might as well have a D. She's saying she's going to do a very careful and thorough review. But here's the problem for Senator Collins from Maine. She voted to confirm him for the D.C. Circuit. Now, 
Kavanaugh, one of the places I really like him is on the Second Amendment. He said, quote, gun bans and gun regulations that are not longstanding or sufficiently rooted in text, history, and tradition are not consistent with the Second Amendment individual right. That is a pretty definitive statement and makes me very, very comfortable with Judge Kavanaugh on an issue I care deeply about, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. It's a uh, it's sad day, but let's look at what the liberals are doing. So from the Associated Press, liberal, liberals rally on court steps against Kavanaugh. Now, here are the Democratic lawmakers who, we, who addressed this crowd of lunatics who scared off Fox News' John and Breen. First, in Gillibrand of New York, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Jeff Merkley of Oregon, and Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Four of the furthest left morons. I, uh, I think Manchin, Joe Manchin will vote for him. North Dakota and Heidi Heitkamp says she's going to thoroughly review and vet Kavanaugh's record. Joe Donnelly of Indiana is going to review his record and qualifications. That's code for their Democrats who are going to break rank with the far left, break ranks with the far left and vote to confirm Kavanaugh. Now, Mike Pence is supposed to meet with Kavanaugh today. You know, the vice president of the United States is also the president of the Senate. But uh, I don't see any problem with Kavanaugh's confirmation. None whatsoever. But the Democrat hysterics are only going to get worse. The, the, I think Trump administration appointees are going to be harassed more. I think Judge Kavanaugh and his family are probably going to be harassed. It's, uh, it's pretty tragic. But this is just the way the new left acts, right? They don't act like human beings. They act like savages. And I got so many comments this morning. So many comments. Let me run through some of them. We're going to start going to comments in a few minutes here. You know, Matt K- Mac- Makukid12 says Mike Lee would have been better. No, he wouldn't have. I want him in the Senate. I want Mike Lee in the U.S. Senate. I want Ted Cruz in the U.S. Senate. I, don't, I, I want a judge whose track record I can see. I don't like these wild cards because they're conservative in the Senate. They're going to be conservative as judges. Doesn't work that way. Jeff Sessions was a pretty damn good senator. He has been an absolute disaster as attorney general. I want people in these critically important jobs who have a track record, a track record we can see, we can vet, we can review. Now, uh, let me see. Let me see some of these comments here. They're coming fast and furiously. Somebody asked a question. I'm going to go a little off topic. Anthony Emmerich said, I know it's off topic, but how do you feel about Hillary Rodham Clinton supposedly claiming she's going to run? I think Hillary is like that guest at the party who's still cracking beers when everyone else has left and the guests are exhausted and just want her to leave. And she doesn't realize she's not wanted there anymore. She thinks they still want to hang out with her. They don't. Nobody wants Hillary. The Democrats don't want her. America doesn't want her. She's a two-time loser. She lost to Obama. She lost to Trump. She needs to go away. She probably won't, but I hope she doesn't. She spells death for the Democrats in 18 and 22. And, and 20. She's And hopefully in 22 as well in those midterms. She is disastrous. But for them, great for us. Now, we've got this situation where Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like I said, is 85. She may very well retire. And that's why many, many people are speculating that Trump didn't nominate Amy Coney Barrett. I, a lot of people love Barrett. She's a staunch Catholic. She's this, she's that. I don't know where Barrett stands on anything. I don't know. where I, She might have been good. I don't know. She's been a judge for like 17 months. Before that, she was a law professor at Notre Dame Law. And at Notre Dame, conservative school, but the faculty's pretty liberal. Student body's more conservative than the faculty, but it's moving left. I don't know where she stands. 
Sure, Coney was strong on abortion, we think. But how about everything else? I don't like one issue anything. One issue anything. And I didn't know where Coney, where Coney uh, Barrett stood because they didn't really render that many opinions and decisions. However, if Ginsburg sticks around another three or four years, we'll have a much better picture of who Barrett is. She's still young. She's 46. She'll be 49.50 at that point. Still very young for Supreme Court appointee. Barrett has time. She has time. And I think the president did the right thing in not appointing her. <clears throat> Tammy says the Clintons are now flying commercial. Didn't see security detail on the video. Yeah, they were on a Delta flight. Apparently, Bill Clinton was friendly talking to people. They said Hillary was miserable in a corner off to the side. But uh, really, really, uh, the Clintons are just caricatures of themselves at this point. But uh, thank, thank the Lord. I mean, imagine, imagine if we had Hillary Clinton. Imagine if we had Hillary Clinton. Imagine if Hillary Clinton just nominated two Supreme Court justices. There go your gun rights. I mean, imagine a court. Imagine a court led by Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer, Ginsburg, and two of Hillary's appointees. Ginsburg, six, six. Two Alito, Roberts, Gorsuch. Would have been five, actually. Five, you would have had, we would have had Roberts, Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas, and we would have had Sotomayor, Ginsburg, Kagan, and two of Hillary's. It would have been a 5-4 court, left, irreversibly left. I don't think Hillary would have gotten an appointment on the right beyond that. She'd have replaced, she'd have replaced Ginsburg, and then Ginsburg would have retired much sooner. We would have had a hardcore liberal on the court for much longer, and then we risked a Democratic president, after Trump's second term, when Alito and Thomas probably would have retired, and then the court would have gone irreversibly left. Now, the two oldest are, uh, I believe, Breyer and Ginsburg. So we might, we might very well have, we might very well have our own supermajority on the court. Got to play these long games. You got to play the math. You have to. <clears throat> Don't tread on me like my analogy of Hillary at a party. But, uh, I mean, that's really, that's really who she is. That's who she is. She's that annoying guy with his feet up on your couch eating Doritos at 4 o'clock in the morning when all you want to do is clean up. Nobody, and nobody even wanted him at the party. Nobody wanted him there. He had come to, like, two other parties. He completely screwed him up. It was terrible. He was annoying. It was all about him. He made it a disaster. He talked about stuff you didn't care about. He hangs out with a bunch of people you don't like. And then he's got his face stuffed with Doritos, cracking beers, and you just want to clean your house up and go to sleep. That is who Hillary Clinton has become. And the sad part is, or the glorious part, I don't know, is does she really not get it? I mean, does she really not get it? I don't know. Anthony Emmerich says, let's go to some of your questions now. Why does Trump keep surrounding himself with the same never-Trumpers? Bad enough he has Bolton and Pompeo, the Warhawks. I like Bolton and Pompeo. I think you need guys like that in a world like this. Libertarianism is a great philosophy until it hits the non-interventionist. Non-interventionism is a wonderful concept, but in reality, impractical. We live in a very dangerous and technological world. There are bad actors out there. You got to do it to them before they do it to us. Because they're going to do it to us. And non-interventionism is almost liberal in its naivety. <clears throat> Ideologically liberal in its naivety. The belief that if we just leave the terrorists alone, they're going to leave us alone. They're not. They're not. 
If we don't hack Russia, they won't hack us. If we don't hack China, they won't hack us. If we don't saber rattle with North Korea, they'll leave us alone. It's not the way the world works. It's just not the way the world works. Yeah, Tammy, I think Hillary would steal your Doritos. And, and all your booze. I think she'd be more interested in the booze. Peter House says the court could eventually be 7-2 to two in the conservatives' favor. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. I think if we look at Breyer and, and Ginsburg, right? So now we'll have Gorsuch. We have Roberts, uh, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. If we get Breyer and Ginsburg, if Trump's able to replace them, then we've got our 7-2. We've got our 7-2. With all relatively young justices, we might lose two on the right. It'll still keep us at 5-4. And if that were the case, <clears throat> then let's hope Clarence Thomas is in his 70s might step down before the end, end of Trump's second term and give us somebody younger so that we at least keep it 6-3. There's a lot of math. A lot of math goes into this. But I, I think that right now the math is on our side. Anthony Emrick says, it's concerned you that Soros is close to, do you mean Kushner, Jared Kushner? I, uh, <clears throat> if that's what you mean, yeah, but you know, here's the problem. In New York money circles, you can't help but cross paths with Soros. You just can't help but do it. He's got big hedge funds and money is agnostic to political party. Money is agnostic to political party. Well, do I see any other, Nasviggy uh, 3 says, do I see any other justices retiring over the next few years? Uh, yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I see retiring. I think Trump will easily win a second term and I see Ginsburg leading, uh, leaving before the end of that second term. Enoch says, yep, libertarianism is an ideal like classic liberalism. Yeah, I mean, it really is. You know, it's, it's wonderful, but you also have to live in reality. I, I remember on my radio show a couple of years back during the election, I was talking to Austin Peterson when he was a libertarian presidential candidate. Now he's running for Senate as a Republican in the state of Missouri. And Austin's a nice guy and he's a pretty smart guy, but he told me he doesn't believe in the concept of borders. He doesn't believe in the concept of controlling immigration, that everyone is a free man and you should be able to move across borders on the earth freely. And 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 we shouldn't have a military. We should go after terrorists with letters of mark and reprisal with privateers and mercenaries. And a lot of their their uh, theories, well, they sound cool, but they're not practical. And frankly, the lack of sovereignty, the abolition, the nullification of of Sovereignty and borders to me sounds terrifying. Terrifying. El Dorado says Netflix is now stopping reviews because of Obama and his liberal agenda. Well, I will tell you one thing. I thought Netflix hit a new low with that unfunny comedian Michelle Wolf's salute to abortion centered around Independence Day. I thought it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard of. It was absolutely terrible. So Jimmy, Johnny Colt says this is the most censored live chat ever. Why? What's being censored? I'm not being censored. I'm not censoring myself. The rebel's not censoring me. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Special K says we should all be thankful because imagine if it was crooked Hillary picking a judge for the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Don't tread on me. Well, liberalism is what's causing the downfall of our country. Survival, survival of the fittest works in society as well. If you give people things they didn't work for, no reason to work. No, there isn't. There isn't, right? And that, but I talk about it every day. That's exactly what the left wants. They want to give you things. 
They want to be responsible for your, and they want you really dependent upon them for food, clothing, and shelter. They want to take your guns, so you're dependent upon them for your safety. And then they own you. Then they own you. Wayne Marion says, Europe is finding out what countries without borders are like. Yeah, they are. And it's not going well for them. And the citizens don't like it, do they? No, they don't. And why would they? Trump just tweeted new poll over 90% most popular Republican in the history of the party. Wow. Among Republicans. Uh, I didn't see that. I'm going to check that tweet right now. I figured Trump would be tweeting like a maniac this morning. Let's see what he said. Where is our president? There he is. He said, thank you to all of my great supporters. Really big progress being made. Other countries wanting to fix crazy trade deals. Economy is roaring. Supreme Court pick getting great reviews. New poll says Trump at over 90% is the most popular Republican in the history of the party. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. And, and he's the most popular Republican in the history of the party for the simple reason that he's actually doing what he said he would do when he got elected. <laughs> That's it. Really not a difficult concept. I'm going to do this and I'm doing it. Yeah, we got to build a wall, but now we're starting to see that more and more ranchers along the border, Texas and Arizona, are getting letters telling them the border wall construction's coming. It's coming. It's a process. You can't just start putting fence poles. There's got to be environmental impact studies and permitting and requests for proposals and contractors picked. All that fun stuff. <clears throat> Easton Guy says, should Roe v. Wade be overturned in my opinion? Well, here's the thing. I think Roe v. Wade needs to be reexamined. There have been tremendous advances in medical science since Roe v. Wade came down. Roe v. Wade, on its face, I feel is unconstitutional. The Constitution doesn't discuss abortion. The founding fathers, I don't believe, wanted abortion to be the law of the land. They didn't even think about it. It was created out of thin air by activist liberal judges on the Supreme Court. And so, yes, I think the constitutionality of Roe v. Wade the, the foundation of Roe v. Wade only to be looked at. And yes, I believe it should be overturned. I believe it should be overturned. And I think it should, as E.L. Dorado asked, go back to the states. It should be a states' rights issue. Lulu Bob's donated. And remember, you could super chat. I forgot to mention that. With that little dollar sign there, you can super chat and donate. Your question will pop up. Lulu Bibb says, why do you guys have a midterm election? Who votes? A midterm election? Who votes? Is it just an indicator as to who will win at the end of the term? No. The reason we have midterm elections is because our Congress members, member of the members of the House of Representatives and members of the Senate have two and six year terms. So often they come up for reelection midterms. So think of it as at 2000 in, in the year 2000, the president's elected for four years, Congress people for two, senators for six. And so when you got to 2004, well, when you got to 2002, you had your House of Representatives uh, folks up for re-election. When you got to 2004, your president and your House of Representatives up for re-election again. And then when you got to 2006, you had your senators up for re-election. So that's why we have midterms, because certain elections fall in those two years and that second year between the general presidential elections. And that's why we have midterm elections here. It's just the nature of Congress having two-year and six-year terms that overlap the four-year terms of presidents, the general election being four-year. That's why we call it the midterm, that two years in the middle, that second year in the middle for congressional elections. 
And it's a great question, actually. I'm sure there are a lot of people around the world that didn't understand that many do. But thanks for that question. It was a great question. Let's see. You're, Enoch is a bit confused about whether Trump is an independent or a Republican. I think, I think you and the rest of the country are a bit confused about that. But whatever, we, uh, whatever he's doing is working. Let's leave it alone. Don't tread on me, says Rebel Media should be on national TV. I agree. Call your cable provider. Tell them to give us some free time there. That would be awesome. And don't tread on me. Thank you very much for your donation as well. I appreciate that. Uh, do I think Trudeau's Gropergate scandal, Tammy asked, has reached the ears of the president? Oh, I'm sure it has. But the president of the United States has no control over what happens in Canada or what the president of Canada, the prime minister of Canada. Let's see. <clears throat> Special K. Trump is a president for all Americans. He's in the middle, neither left or right, in my opinion. And Easton says, Easton guy, I don't even think Trump has a philosophy or belief. Look, I don't think Trump is a political ideologue. I think the guy's a doer. He's results oriented. And what's shaking out is very interesting. What it's, what's, what's happening is that you realize when somebody is not a political ideologue, when they're just results oriented, and those results are doing what's best for the country, what's best for the bottom line and for national security, well, those results tend to skew conservative. That, to me, is the most interesting part of Trump's presidency. He's not a political ideologue. He's not a rightist. He's not a leftist. But he looks at what's best for the country, what's going to give me the best ROI, the best return on investment. And when those policies are enacted, they seem to be the more conservative policies. They really do seem to be. MD says, sorry I'm late, John. I hope I didn't miss anything on Project Cassandra, Operation Reciprocity, or the Scott Israel. You did it. I'm going to do those this week because we're talking about Supreme Court pick today. That's the big news. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, with regards to Scott Israel in Broward County, quick update. There is a Florida Department of Law Enforcement commission meeting at the end of this week. The topic being the Parkland school shooting. So a lot of speculation. We're going to have some news on Scott Israel. Actually, it's starting today and it's running for the next three days. Uh, today, tomorrow and, and Thursday. It starts today, so we could hear, I'm sorry, I, I, I thought it started tomorrow. Uh, it, we could have information on Scott Israel in the next couple of days, if not today. I will keep you posted, MD, on that. I will keep you posted. Robert Jackson says, I like your show. Robert, I like you watching my show. Actually, Robert, I go live at 7.30 a.m., not 8 a.m., even earlier. I want to get you guys for morning drive or early work time. <clears throat> Anthony Emmerich, do I think NATO will be abolished or at least renegotiated? No, I think Europe's going to start paying their fair share. That's what I think. I think Europe's going to start paying their fair share because they need us far more than we need them in NATO. They need U.S. troops keeping Russia at bay. And they know that. They know that we'll go to bat for Poland before we go to bat for Germany at this point because of Angela Merkel and her leftist leanings. Let's say, what is, Tammy asks me, what is taking the governor so long, Scott Israel? Governor's waiting for the report from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, Tammy. There's also a commission convened of sheriffs from other counties who are independently giving their input to the governor and FDLE and the state Senate that would ultimately remove Scott Israel. They're giving their input on his performance. It's being done right. It's being done properly because at the end of the day, he is an elected official. And when you, when you remove somebody put into office by the voters, you've got to really cross all your T's and dot all your eyes. So I'm a fan of the way they're going about his removal. And I do feel, I'm being told by sources, but my opinion 
I do feel Scott Israel will be removed from office very, very soon. The way it works here in Florida, again, I've explained it. The governor suspends him. The state Senate then votes to remove him. I was told by two state senators on background, they're expecting a special session to be convened this summer. They end in in early spring, the the session. They're expecting a special session to to be convened this summer up in Tallahassee to remove Scott Israel. And nothing's changed. I was told that last month. I think Enoch says, I think the best representation of the political spectrum is an axis, is an X-axis from conservative to progressive and a Y-axis with authoritarian anarchy. I've seen that graph. It's pretty accurate. Pretty good. I like it. Now that Trump and Putin will team, have teamed up in the space race, will Trump still keep his word to arm Ukraine? Yeah, I believe he will. I believe he will. Do you guys think the Space Force will accept my application? I want to join the Space Force because it just sounds so cool. John Zeeland says Trump has got Mama Merkel to drop tariffs on cars, winning on NAFTA. Well, not yet, but I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen. Wayne Marion says Sheriff Scott Israel's arrogance is enough to remove him, in my opinion. In mine too, Wayne. In mine too, but he is elected, so there is a process. Believe me, he has no fans anymore. Even Democrats, where I live, in Broward County. I only live about, oh, geez, seven minutes from the sheriff's office about 25 minutes from Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. I work uh, very closely with, with many of the political people there, uh, with lo- just because I'm active in politics. Even Democrats, my neighbor, very, very nice woman, good friend of mine. She's a very prominent uh, Democratic political strategist who helped get Scott Israel elected. It's the worst, she tells me, it's the biggest regret of her career. He's a terrible guy. She can't stand him. Even the Democrats want him gone. Even the Democrats want him gone. Tammy, Space Force does sound cool as a profession, but I don't think they'll take me. MD asks, any thoughts on Theresa May's Brexit fiasco and her cabinet melting out from under her in protest? Yeah, I think Theresa May is really botching it. Yesterday I said I didn't know if she'd survive. Not looking too good. And now there are whispers of, of, of uh, what a great Prime Minister Boris Johnson would make. So things are getting very interesting politically over in the UK. Very interesting politically. Roger Stone called, Robert Jackson says, Roger Stone called the new Supreme Court pick a globalist. Do you think he's correct? I think Roger Stone, I know Roger, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's a local. Roger lives in South Florida. We have, we have a lot of mutual friends. I think Roger will say whatever Roger has to say to keep himself relevant in the media. I think Roger is uh, he's a very smart guy, but I do think Roger steps in it sometimes. And, uh, but I will say this about Roger Stone. He's colorful. He keeps everybody talking. He knows how to generate buzz. But do I think Kavanaugh's a globalist? No, I I don't. I don't. Not when I look at his uh, decisions and uh, his rulings. And quite frankly, even if he is, not going to have much bearing on the Supreme Court because he seems to be a constitutional originalist. Anthony Emmerich. I think people with dual citizenship should not be allowed to hold office elected or appointed. Why? Why? I have no problem with that. If you're a citizen, you're a citizen. And if both nations allow dual citizenship, you're legal. You're legal. Enoch says, progressives almost always regret their uninformed decisions. Yep, they do. Rogue One says Roger Stone is dead on the money. Well, not really, because it was Roger Stone who pushed Donald Trump to hire Paul Manafort as campaign manager for like 50 days. Forget all Manafort's problems. He almost lost Trump the election because he wanted Trump to be more establishment. So Roger Stone, remember something about Roger Stone. 
He's also been a consultant for Democrats and for establishment candidates. Research Roger Stone's whole history before you think he's this hardcore right winger. He's really not. He's really not. Roger says what he has to say to appease his audience and the candidates he's working with. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's colorful. I think he's interesting. But Roger Stone is not an ideologue. Roger Stone is a, an entertainer and, and a strategist in many regards. Uh, let's see. MD asks locally, have I been watching the Broward school board elections coming up and following Andrew Pollack and his support for Mendelssohn? Uh, I have been. And uh, I've uh, been interacting with Andrew Pollack through a mutual friend. I haven't had a chance. We, both of us have been very busy. We're supposed to speak. I am not a fan of Robert Runcie. Robert Runcie, remember, the current Broward schools chief, who is just as guilty as Scott Israel in all this. He was a good friend of Arnie Duncan. He comes out of the Rahm Emanuel, Arnie Duncan, Obama's education secretary, missing in Broward County. Nobody knows where that money went. Rogue One says, I was, talk- I was talking about what Stone said about the new SCOTUS pick. I didn't say he was dead on the money about everything. Geez. Okay. And I don't know if he's right about that. Because he also thought Paul Manafort was a great choice for campaign manager. So Roger Stone is not infallible. He's not infallible. I'm going to trust Heritage and Federalist. And many conservatives I know, real conservatives I know, who like Kavanaugh, who have dealt with him, who have dug far deeper into him than I have. Keith Allen says dual citizenship could cause conflict of interest, interest real or perceived in making decisions. Not really. Look, I've got a very good friend who holds dual citizenship, U.S. and Poland. He was born here. His parents were born in Poland. Therefore, he's entitled to dual. He is the most rabidly hardcore conservative patriotic American you would ever meet but it helps him do business in Poland. His alliances are to the U.S., so I have to disagree with you on that one. I have to disagree with you on that one. Holding dual citizenship does not mean people have dual alliances. Declan Black says, you should only have allegiance to the country that you are serving. It simply means they took advantage of the ability to travel a bit more easily because a parent or grandparent was born in another country. Very few people I know who hold dual citizenship have allegiance to the European countries. They typically have allegiance to the U.S. and it just makes it easier to travel there uh, back and forth. Let's see. Not sure anyone outside of Harden. Oh, you're talking about the county politics, MD. Yeah, we're going to get into that in another show. I don't want to get too sidetracked because I want to stay on the national issues. Um, and Rogue One says, I don't trust Roger Stone or Alex Jones much in general. Roger is, is right sometimes. I have zero respect for Alex Jones. I think he's a reprehensible guy because of his Sandy Hook and his 9-11 conspiracy theories. That lost me forever. When you insult dead heroes and dead children, to me, you're trash. And I don't care how many people love Alex Jones. I won't watch him. I won't entertain him. I won't retweet him. Maybe he's gotten a couple of things right when he realized that you can't be a lunatic your whole life. But what he did with real tragedies to garner views for himself was disgusting and I find that only a reprehensible human being would do something like that. <clears throat> Ed Cole, 54, Colt 54 says, who do I think will be the next SCOTUS judge to retire? My money's on, my money's on uh, uh, Ginsburg. My money's on Ginsburg. So, it's, uh, you know. Well, Declan Black says, I'm wrong on the issue because my opinions don't mean anything and my experiences don't mean anything. Well, Declan, neither do yours. By that, using that logic, do they? So, you know, that's a pretty sharp knife that cuts both ways. 
And uh, if we don't look at life through the lens of our experiences, then we're going to be doomed to rely on other people, which is the core tenet of liberalism. And as a conservative, I like to make my own decisions based on my own research and my own experiences. Yours, with respect, is a, uh, well, it's a pretty liberal position. A pretty liberal position. But uh, Ginsburg is not long for this mortal guy. Actually, Ginsburg is, uh, Anthony Emmerich said, Ginsburg's in pretty good shape. In pretty good shape. I think she should just go and retire. Poor lady's been working for a lot, a lot of years. And she's on the wrong side of things. In the wrong, on the wrong side of things. <clears throat> Frank Pizzicalis is Alex Jones the fruitcake. Yeah, that's a nice way to describe him. I think he's just a pretty disgraceful guy. I think he's a guy who will step on the bodies of murdered children to create a conspiracy theory for views and revenue. Terrible. Terrible. Classless. Lacks ethics and morals. Not a, uh, not a way I'd ever want to, <clears throat> ever, ever want to handle my career. Tammy says Ginsburg sleeps at work. Time to retire. Exactly. I agree. I agree. I couldn't uh, agree more. I couldn't agree more. That's the problem, too. You know, she's, she's a much older woman who clearly, despite, there was a moronic, I suggest you go research Politico's Twitter feed. They were saying how one of their 27-year-old reporters couldn't do Ginsburg, 85-year-old Ginsburg's workout. That's what great shape she's in. In addition to being a chill-inducing embarrassment of a piece, that 27-year-old needs to get to a doctor very quickly if he can't compete with an 85-year-old in the gym. Declan Black is very angry at me. Declan, I look at life through my own experiences. If you choose to be guided by what others tell you, that's perfectly fine. That's your right. It's also the way liberals live their lives. The state tells them what's good and what's bad. Academia tells them what's good and what's bad, and they listen. They don't look at their own experiences. They don't look at it. And you're anecdotally picking one Chinese dual citizen. And if that person's first citizenship was Chinese, then that's where their loyalties lie. I doubt Poland would ever elect my friend president, knowing he was born here and has a long history of being a red-blooded, patriotic, Trump-supporting American. So you're looking at the reverse. It seems, special case, as it seems the left has lost its mind. They were resisting Trump's SCOTUS pick before he made it. Yeah, I was talking about that earlier. I was talking about that earlier. They were resisting his SCOTUS pick before they knew who it was. They were calling the pick controversial before they knew who it was. I wish Trump would have just screwed to them and said, okay, I'm going to pick Merrick Garland. And then watch the left go, oh my God, the pick is great. No, psych. Just wanted to see if you were still resisting. I'm going to go with Kavanaugh. That would have been epic trolling. That would have been epic trolling. Trump would have done that. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> we, what's most scary to me, Matthew Mallon says, politicians think now what I thought when I was 12. That's a great, great comment. They really do, especially the liberals. Bush Hogg is mad at me too about dual citizenship. If you are going to hold office, your alliance should only be in the country you are serving. Look, there is a big difference between holding a document and having allegiance. Big difference. Plenty of Americans hold dual citizenship to travel to Europe more easily. They would never, never, never give allegiance to those nations over the United States. Looking at life so myopically is what the left wants you to do. They give you a broad sword 
a, 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 a very broad uh, concept and tell you to subscribe to it. Tell you that's the way things are. And like lemmings, people follow. I don't do that. I do my own research. And, and I, I look at life through my own experiences, through the own conclusions I draw, through the research. And that's how I make decisions. Tammy says, the Women's Marchers complaint letter left space for the nominee. They sent it without adding the name. Yeah, they did. They put two little X's. They put two little X's. It was awesome. Declan Black is telling me my arguments are completely anecdotal. And I'm telling you they're not because I can give you instance upon instance of elected official down here in Florida who also happen to get dual citizenship to travel to other countries and who are some of the most patriotic conservative people you will ever meet. I know two federal agents who have it. They are rock solid patriotic Americans putting themselves in the line of fire daily. Many members of our military have it. So no, it's not anecdotal. It's not anecdotal. You've taken two or three anecdotal incidents from Australia and are trying to paint them as global fact. You're accusing me of that which you're doing, Declan. Do some more research. Let's see. I just don't trust globalists in general, Anthony says. Now, neither do I. Neither do I. But I'm not, well, I don't like when you say especially Zionist because let's face it, that sounds like a concocted term. Somebody wanting the state of Israel to persevere and survive. Well, they're right. They're right. They're a strategic, <clears throat> excuse me, a strategic ally in the region. We need them. Yes, Declan was very upset with me today, but that's okay. The show wouldn't be fun if we didn't disagree a little bit. Matthew Mallon gave me a fist bump from Wales on Trump's popularity numbers. A fist bump from Wales and the Trump, fist pump from Wales. I'm sorry. Yeah, the 90% among Republicans is pretty substantial. Easton guy says he's, I'm on the losing side in regards to dual citizenship on the right. Look, you gotta, you're not gonna agree on everything. We're not gonna agree on everything. I just personally don't have a problem. Now look, if somebody was Chinese and got US citizenship, but remember, they wouldn't be natural born. They couldn't run here. Because we don't just have a citizenship requirement for president in the United States. We have a natural born requirement, not for anything other than the presidency, but we have a natural birth requirement for the presidency. So in the United States, with regards to our executive office, we already have an insurance policy in place. We already have one in place. And members of Congress and the House, well, you know, they don't, they, they're, they're one of 400 and some odd in the House and one of 100 in the Senate. And in state legislatures, depending on the size of the state, those numbers become pretty similar. Declan, uh, well, uh, your premise, you're telling me that my premise that having dual citizens causes no problems is wrong. Declan, you took two examples from nations of millions and millions of people. Scientifically speaking, that's not indicative of a problem. Not indicative of a problem. You gave maybe one anecdotal example. One anecdotal example. If you show me, you show me scientific research that says, 15,000 dual citizenship holders were, were acting subversively toward the nation in which they live, you might have something. One Chinese guy, you know, that's the epitome of anecdotal. Let's see what we got. Oh, Bush Hog 63 says, I sound a lot like controlled opposition. Yeah, that's me. 
You got me. You got me. The reality is, in America, we... Dual citizenship's allowed. It's the law. You can't be elected president if you were born there and were naturalized here. Can't do that. But if you're born here and you had a grandparent over there in Italy and you get an Italian passport, I can't even do that. My great-great-grandparents were born there. And you get an Italian passport because you like to travel to and from easier. No, I'm not worried. I'm not worried that you're going to be subversive to the United States if you're ever elected to office. Not worried at all. And I'm sure the new Supreme Court, the conservative Supreme Court, would uphold that because it's already the law of the land. You're allowed to do it. You're allowed to do it. Yeah, Robert Jackson says controlled opposition wouldn't read the comments and try to answer them the best they could. They'd be pushing a narrative. Exactly, Robert. If I were controlled opposition, would I read, would I read the opposition's comments and debate them openly on a live stream? Critical thinking, Robert Jackson. Outstanding. More people should do it. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on from the, uh, we're going to move on from, from uh, Declan not liking dual citizens. Used to be a bit obsessed with that. And uh, I'm going to sum up, I'm going to sum up. Wow. An hour. We burned an hour already. How awesome is this? I think Kavanaugh's a good choice for Supreme Court. Maybe 3% more moderate than I would like. And again, I could be proven wrong. Like where he is on the Second Amendment, he seems to be an absolutist on individual firearms rights, which to me says a lot about where he stands on everything else. So I'm optimistic, more than cautiously optimistic. I'm not enthusiastically optimistic. I'm optimistic. I am, however, enthusiastically optimistic that he will be confirmed by the Senate. There's nothing the Democrats can do, and watching their tantrums for the rest of the day are going to be glorious. I suggest you do the same, and I really suggest you join me back here tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m. for another... Declassified Live. I'll see you guys tomorrow.